Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome back to Top of the Morning on the UBS Conversations podcast channel. Joining me today for the conversation, glad to welcome back Ainsley Carbone, Total Wealth Strategist for the Americas, as well as Katie Williams, Discovery Strategist for the Americas, both from the UBS Chief Investment Office. Ainsley, Katie, thank you for dropping by the podcast. It's great to have you back with us, and thank you for spending some time with our listeners and their clients. Looking forward to the conversation. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. So I know you're joining us because recently the Chief Investment Office released the most recent, it's a monthly series, the Modern Retirement Monthly Publication. The focus for this month, it poses a question, what will your retirement look like? So we'll dig into that a bit during our conversation today. Ainsley, going through the guide, it was interesting. It does acknowledge how there is a limited relationship between the level of a retiree's wealth and their overall well-being. I thought that was an interesting takeaway. So what does Ainsley research suggest and why does this consideration tend to be overlooked? So when we look at some of the research on retirement satisfaction, what we see is that although wealth and income can certainly help to increase overall well-being in retirement, the effect that it has is small. So what we find is that households with the highest reported well-being came from retirees who had previously engaged in retirement planning. They had voluntarily decided to retire. They received guaranteed income from sources such as pension, Social Security, or an annuity. And they report being in very good health. Additionally, after taking health status, the reason for retirement, and also income into account, what they found in this research is that the largest contributors to satisfaction and health during their retirement years are financial, social, and psychological planning. So ultimately what this means is that if if you're entering retirement with financial security, that can certainly help make circumstances easier and far less stressful, but it's not going to guarantee that you're going to have a fulfilling retirement. And the primary reason for that is just because the financial aspect is just one aspect that's going to contribute to retirement satisfaction. There are several other aspects that need to be taken into consideration and planned for in order to have that that fulfilling retirement. Now, Dan, you would ask why this might get overlooked. It's it's honestly, it's it's hard to know. There's no way to know for certain why this tends to get overlooked. But I think I think the need to prepare for the financial aspects of retirement are certainly very obvious. I mean, most of us are working primarily to earn an income. We need an income in order to survive. So in order to be able to survive when we stop working in retirement, we have to prepare for that income to stop. But for some people, money isn't going to be the only benefit that they get from working. It it isn't as obvious as the financial benefits we get from work, but some people do actually find enjoyment from the social and psychological aspects of their careers. So I think the reason it gets overlooked is just because a lot of people aren't necessarily aware of these other benefits that they gather from work. So it makes sense when we when we understand that it's not as obvious. It, it makes sense why people might not necessarily prepare for the life that they want to have after they stop working beyond just the financial aspects. It's interesting. In ideal retirement, you would think it comes down to all about money, but clearly it extends much more beyond that. So how does one even go about determining what their ideal retirement looks like? Katie, to welcome you into the conversation, looking at the guide, you do lay out five action steps on how one can discover what their ideal retirement looks like. To get started, Katie, can you walk us through the first two? Yeah, thanks, Dan. You know, I think 
continuing on what Easley said, you know, the number one thing you have to do is just take time to reflect and help define what retirement means to you. So many of us are programmed to think that retirement is, is just stopping. It's stopping work. It's stopping stress. It's stopping this or that. When in actuality, that may not be what we're searching for and that may not be what we want or need. Um, I tell the story about my dad retiring all the time and that for him, he, I will say he loved his work. He loved being engaged with what he did. And so for him, what we call the status quo bias, just keeping on was completely fine. So, but in actuality, once we stopped and talked to him about, well, really, what is it that, what, what else could you be doing? What would you want to be doing? Hey, my kids are getting older, you know, when do you want to spend time with them? Once he was able to take a step back and really redefine retirement and define it in his own terms, he really opened up to it. And so the next thing you really want to do in, in, in following that is understanding where if you're not working in your, you know, your profession, what would you be doing? Um, we take so much time, and rightly so, planning the financial aspect of retirement. It's incredibly co- complex. Um, and we do this over decades, but we never once take time to do that sort of planning on that level to what life's going to look like. What are we going to do? Um, are we going to pivot to maybe a secondary career that we've always been interested in but didn't have the time to explore? Are we going to pivot away and maybe just have a few hours for you to to volunteer, to reconnect with family and friends. What does that look like? Um, because again, it, it's, our career is a retirement and at some point you do want to end, but it doesn't mean coming to a full and complete stop. So I think the more that you can reflect on what is fulfilling to you, I think the more clarity you're going to get about what you want life to be like and you're going to get a better understanding of when you are actually ready to start retiring or retire altogether and transition successfully into that next phase. So it sounds like a lot of thought and self-reflection goes into determining what a fulfilling retirement looks like. Ainsley, once one has determined just that, what comes next? So I think certainly, you know, taking time to reflect, like Katie had mentioned, you also need to be able to identify how you're going to not just fill your free time, but what are the things that are you you can do to to um, help you find that satisfaction and, and get that fulfilling retirement? So once you are able to identify those areas, it's it's important to identify how you're going to transition to retirement. When you identify those aspects that you like about your work life, it helps you figure out, okay, how can I incorporate this into my life in retirement? If you enjoy the social aspects of work but are looking for maybe something that's a little bit less demanding or a little bit less stressful, you could consider volunteering or maybe you could consider a part-time job. I know that retirement by definition means you're no longer working, but that's not the case for everybody. Typically, we associate working in retirement with poor financial preparation, but that really just isn't always the case. We see that some retirees continue working in retirement just because they want to, not necessarily because they have to. In some of the research that we found in in preparing this report, some of the reports said that a lot of people listed staying active and connecting with others as the primary reason for working post-retirement. So it's not just a financial aspect that that people can gather, like we had said, from, from working prior to retirement and during retirement. 
So obviously there is a huge financial aspect, and that's why it's so important to make sure, you know, you, you are not only aligning your, your finances, but also aligning the planning that you're doing from the psychological and social aspect, because these are certainly going to have major financial implications on your financial situation, major implications on your financial situation. And so, for instance, let's say if you are someone who does realize that they do want to work in retirement or at least take some part-time work, that's going to have an immediate impact on how much you're going to need for the liquidity strategy or the assets that you're going to be using in the near term. And so I think by identifying what it is that you like about your pre-retirement or your working life, You can identify those aspects, incorporate them into the transition in retirement, into retirement, whether that means you're working, volunteering, or just taking more time to spend with family and travel. And then once you identify how you're going to make that transition, then it it comes to the last few steps, which I think Katie will get into, but it's really about kind of aligning and connecting it with your financial plan. So there seems to be a lot of considerations to be mindful of when mapping out their transition. So once that path forward has been determined, Katie, what actions should one take to make sure that they'll be able to follow through with their plans? It's, of course, one thing to plan, another thing to execute. That's a great point. And I think Ainsley hit the nail on the head when she talked about identifying all of those capa- those um, capabilities and the features of your professional work that engage you and, and really fulfill you. And it's how to figure out how you can replicate that in your life outside of work, right? You know, so many of us, we, we hesitate to do this type of thinking and reflecting and planning simply because it, it, it seems very nebulous. It's almost overwhelming to think about. We actually call that the uh, ambiguity effect. It's almost paralysis by analysis, you will. But if we stop and think about retirement simply as a point in time where we're going to start trading money for time, right? In our working years, we're, we're trading time for money. And when we get, when we have the freedom to flip that and, and, and think about all the things we want to start investing in, right? That's where we, we look at our life outside of work. We, we think about, do we want to invest in new experiences? Do we want to invest in existing relationships that we, we have in our family and our friends or, or we find new relationships? Or maybe it's investing in a cause or, or, or in your community or, or um, a church or place of worship. All of those things that bring you fulfillment. When you're doing this, again, you're going to start to see your, your priorities more clearly and it's going to make that transition easier um, because you're going to have a network of people around you uh, who are very similarly motivated by as you and are, are really going to help propel you forward because, as Ainsley said, you know, those who are happiest in retirement, not only have they done the planning, but they're staying active, financially active, psychologically active, all of these components. And then the last thing I think that perhaps some clients don't necessarily think of is, is engaging with your financial advisor on these discussions, right? They are there, obviously, because they want to understand what retirement is going to look like for you. And they're obviously their first priority to make sure that your financial assets are set up in a way and structured so that they can support these objectives. But remember, they also want to understand beyond this, sort of what you want life to look like, what you want for your next generation, what you want maybe philanthropically, because these are all data points that they can use to help structure the portfolio to support you best. But not only that, client advisors have worked with hundreds of clients, 
And there's such a great sounding board for maybe what you're going through and connecting you to a community that's gone through the same thing. Maybe even able to give you advice based on what they've seen with other clients. So don't be afraid to open up and talk to or raise this to your financial advisor in regards to maybe what you're you have a stumbling block or struggle or, or what you want life to look like. They're, they're a great resource for you. Well, Katie Ainsley, you've left our listeners with a lot to take away. Of course, as Katie emphasized, we do encourage our clients to begin or perhaps continue the conversation with their UBS financial advisor. Read further into the latest Modern Retirement Monthly. Again, the title, What Will Your Retirement Look Like?, which is now available up on UBS.com slash CIO. Of course, for our clients of UBS listening in, you can contact your UBS financial advisor if you would like to receive a copy of the guide directly though katie ainsley thank you again for dropping by top of the morning and for a very thought-provoking conversation appreciate it thank you thank you time frames may vary strategies are subject to individual client goals objectives and suitability this approach is not a promise or guarantee that wealth or any financial results can or will be achieved ubs chief investment office's investment views are prepared and published by the global wealth management business of ubs ag or its affiliate ubs this material has no regard to the specific investment objectives financial situation or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only as a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.